Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, Strong Runner Chicks, it's Megan here. Right before this episode, I just wanted to give a shout out to our 2020 SRC retreat and remind you that signups are currently at an early bird rate until January 31st. And then after the 31st, they increase. So be sure to reserve your spot. We've only got a few spots left. Like I said, we're keeping it small this summer to enable for a small, you know, closer knit, small experience. Um, So go ahead and sign up on services events tab and you'll see the 2020 retreat. It's also in our Instagram bio and we posted it on social media. So if you have any more questions about it, in particular, we've got an FAQ on the website, um, a number of great speakers and sponsors coming and joining us this year, and you'll also find the complete agenda on the website. So give us a shout out. Uh, you can send us a DM or strongrunnerchicks at gmail.com if you're interested and you want more info. Um, like I said, we expect spots to fill in the next week or so. So be sure to reserve your spot and let us know if you have any questions. We really hope to see you there and enjoy this episode with Tina Muir. So today we have on a very special guest. I'd like to introduce her if you want to learn more about who she is. She is a former international elite runner for Great Britain and Northern Ireland who shocked the running world by stepping away from the sport at the peak of her career to get her health back from medical malnutrition. Having run a personal best of 236 in the marathon just three months before, Tina brought awareness to the issue of amenorrhea, the cessation of menstruation, by sharing her story. Dozens of outlets covered her story, including People Magazine, Outside, Runner's World, ESPN, Women's Health Glamour, and many others. In 2017, Tina was voted one of the 21 women changing the running world for the better by Women's Running Magazine, and in 2018, she became the first cover model of a fitness magazine to be featured with a running stroller and her daughter Bailey for Women's Running UK. Tina is a keynote speaker and the host of the Running for Real podcast, which amassed over 2 million downloads in just two years. Tina created the Running for Real community, a place for runners to share struggles and support one another through the difficult moments life brings. That being said, I'd love to welcome Tina onto the show. Super excited to um, to hear her conversation, actually, because she recorded with Kelsey. So tune into her live in this episode and let us know how you liked it. Be sure to leave a review. Thanks and enjoy this episode. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome to another episode of SRC Radio. So I have to be perfectly honest, I'm a little bit intimidated. We have a podcast queen with us here. Um, Tina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. There is no reason to be intimidated. Uh, You should know that by now. I uh... I, uh, will, I'm sure I'll say something that will embarrass myself within five minutes, so don't worry. <laughs> More than likely we both will, so no worries on that end. Um, always, we always like to start our podcast just kind of giving our followers and listeners a better background of kind of you if they haven't heard of you before. So um, let's kind of start with like how you got into running and what that passion was like for you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've told this story many times about how I hid in the bathrooms um, for my school's cross-country tryouts, if you want to call it that. So I won't go into that too much, but that kind of gives people an indicator that it's often with people who have run fast with elite runners, people think they just, they're naturally good at it. Like they're running, beating all the boys age five. And, you know, but you know, for me, it wasn't the case. I saw it as the same as everyone else. Like cross country is stupid. This is a punishment. I don't like this. Um, so, I, you know, same kind of thing, but some kind of amnesia happened to me. And then suddenly I was on the cross country team. I've, I, I still to this day can't put together how that happened. i just it I did so I ended up on the team and um uh yeah and I think it unfortunately it was that kind of thing uh which I guess is a good thing that you start becoming good at something and you think actually I quite like this uh whereas you know um I think many runners especially many of your listeners probably come more into sport uh maybe more of a natural way um kind of not being you know at the front of the pack but kind of realizing the joys of it just in general whereas I had that kind of um, results driving me from the beginning which obviously led to some maybe unhealthy patterns because it was all about the finish line mm-hmm. um so yeah but I did start off very innocently I thankfully had a coach who was helped me back a lot um I actually got frust- quite frustrated with him because I wanted to do more and all the other girls I was competing against were doing more mm-hmm. but now I cannot be more thankful to him um I always make sure to thank him because I don't I honestly don't think I'd be here without him mm-hmm. yeah it's so instrumental um and how old were you when you had that specific coach were you young uh, I was yeah 14 to 17 okay yeah so and especially during that age where we're developing so much mm-hmm. you know it's so important to have someone kind of guiding us in the right direction and kind of showing us like this is how you find a balanced life, whatever that means, or something along those lines. So I'm really grateful that you had that opportunity to share yeah. that age, especially, like I said, as we're developing both mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's very important. Mm, yeah. Um, so I guess moving past that point in time in your life, you became a professional runner. And then we're going to kind of fast forward a little bit because a lot of our listeners, when we um, said that we were going to be interviewing you, they were very curious about your, and you've been open about this, about overcoming amenorrhea. And it's almost been about three years now. Um, And so Mm -hmm. to go back to that point in time, and I know you've talked a lot about this, um, but what was your desire to get your period back? And how has that shaped your view on running from now, from that point on? Um, I think it was, it was kind of, kind of twofold. Um, I mentioned at the beginning, uh, just a few minutes ago that, um, uh, my entrance into the sport kind of being successful early on led me down a path of finish line. And I'd gone through various waves of being able to pull that away and kind of seeing other things in it. But at the end of the day, it was becoming more and more about the finish line, especially in the elite world. Um, I, um, I wouldn't say I actually more than most people was focusing on myself. Um, mm-hmm. I was that kind of Deslind and Jared Ward kind of character that uh, wasn't really concerned with racing people uh, at the beginning. I was just doing my own thing. And at the end, um, if you guys want to duke it out, I'll come past you when you've all blown up from, you know, um, wasting your energy fighting each other. So I was very much kind of do my own thing. Um, so I wasn't concerned with other people as such, but it was more just pressure internally. Um, and that had reached a point where I was like, just not enjoying it anymore. Um, so that was part of my decision 
Um, I really did feel burned out um, from the sport. Uh, it was definitely becoming a chore. And that should never really be the case. Uh, I mean, we all know that running is a little bit uncomfortable. That's just the natural part of it. But it should never be, or it would never be a good example is I'd be running in the morning and thinking, oh, I've got to run again later today. And I hadn't even finished that run, you know. So um, I, uh, you know, I, that was part of it. And then a big, the other part of it was, um, that was more of a sudden a sudden thing that kind of switched in me. And the other part was, yeah, the, uh, not having a period for nine years. I, I knew that was wrong. I, I knew it was unhealthy. Um, unfortunately, I'd come across some doctors who kind of brushed it under the carpet saying, oh, it's fine. Um, and so I'd pushed it out of my head. But, uh, you know, as I um, came into my later 20s, I started to think, you know what, I want to think about having a family in the next, I don't know, five, 10 years. And, you know, I knew enough to know that if you don't have a period, you can't start a family. And that was enough to kind of drive me to start researching. And then the more I started researching, it was like, I was uncovering things and, and, and ticking off all these boxes, but um, not really ever getting any answers. And it kind of made me, made me curious about it. I'm not sure if that answered your question. No, it definitely does. And I okay. think, I want, yeah, I want to commend you. And I know a lot of people have done so already, but I also want to commend you because it's very courageous to come up against something that changes the status quo in our lives and like what we think of as being like true to ourselves. And so, um, you know, recognizing that like something was amiss and you're like, oh gosh, like this doesn't feel right or doesn't seem right. Like mm -hmm. I appreciate you taking that time to recognize and come up against something that seems so like foreign or whatever. So I kind of appreciate it in that sense. Um, and so Can I, I just add one thing yeah. in there that um, another thing I want to thank, which I have never actually mentioned before is I did know many other elite runners who had their periods. They were training harder than I was, more miles than I was, but they had their periods. And so I think had it been a case of everyone was doing it, I um, would have just carried on. Mm. But the fact that it was visible to me that it is possible made me think, well, why, why not me? So <laughs> I just want to remind everyone out there, it does often feel like, like everyone's talking about this or, or that they're... Um, you know, everyone's struggling. And, you know, Jen Rines is a good example. She talked recently about the, her relationship with food. Not everyone, not everyone, although I would argue most people have, have had some kind of messed up relationship with food. So um, it is possible to have both. And I'm thankful that I was surrounded by elite runners who did have their periods to kind of really make me think, okay, well, why am I different? So, yeah yeah definitely and then I also wonder and correct me if I'm wrong if it also made, made you think like oh but I can do that too like I can get to that point yes it is possible well. yes yeah it yeah. was almost like a motivating factor oddly enough I wonder so uh -huh. like yeah no that I thank you for bringing that up because I think um more and more people are coming up about their stories about Ian Maria but at the same time like there are also these like other women who are like you said training these intense miles or or what mm. however it is it doesn't have to be running like ski like all these different things but um, who do successfully get their period. So it is um, a testament to show that yes, it is possible. Sometimes just alternate alterations need to be made with that. Um, yeah. So and there's one more thing, just, sorry, I yeah. keep interrupting you. No, there is a genetic component and to anyone listening who is looking at someone else and thinking, how are they getting their period? And I'm not, it, there is a component to it. Unfortunately, some bodies can handle lower mm -hmm. or less and some can't. Um, and people always see that as a disadvantage, like, and I did, I was like, this isn't fair. You know, why is I'm eating more than that person? And I'm not, you know, getting mine, but 
at the end of the day, it, you can actually see it as an advantage because your body is more sensitive to it. So um, you actually are going to get the kind of warning flags much quicker, whereas the other person may suffer from overtraining because they don't get that warning flag. So I know it for anyone listening who is in that situation, um, uh, it is an advantage, even though it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, great point. Thank you so much for for sharing that. That's something like I wouldn't have thought to bring up, but I'm glad, definitely glad mm-hmm. you did. Um, so we did have two listener questions that are a little bit more specific, and I wanted to make sure mm-hmm. we ask these for our listeners, um, and they're along these lines. So um, the first one is, how long did it take you to get your period back? Um, I am going to say this, and I think most people who know of me know the answer to this, um, but I want to say that I... Firstly, I want to add, um, my family is incredibly fertile. Um, I really did this aggressively. Um, and in some ways I was a bit of an anomaly in this, but I was able to get mine back within 10 weeks. And I, I, w- I don't know. What, I mean, I was pregnant within 10 weeks of stopping running. Uh, pregnancy was the goal. So um, for me, that was what I, what I wanted. I did not have a period before I got pregnant. Uh, however, I did know I was ovulating, so we knew to try. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but I want to say, I know it is frustrating hearing me say that. And honestly, I know a lot of people listen to me and thought, oh, well, of course you got yours back that quick or like, mm-hmm. oh, well, good for you, Tina. I'm on month six or whatever. Like, and I know, I know I'm like that person that you kind of want to hate. And I understand that completely. I'd be in the same boat. And there's been other things in my life that I felt that way about, but um, I think part of it for me was luck. And unfortunately, that's just kind of how it was. And then the other part, um, you know, as I said earlier on, I really um, had reached a burnout point to where the stepping away from running um, and the gain weight was kind of at peace with me. So I didn't have as much of the the mental side of it that I understand that many people probably do have. Um, so I was able to go, as they say, all, as they say, all in, um, without, um, really, um, having too many repercussions with it. So I'm, I'm sorry if that makes people frustrated and I really understand why you would feel that way. Um, but part of it was luck, but yeah, for me, it was 10 weeks. Great. Which still felt like a long time. (laughs) And yeah, let's say testament to that, right? Because like, um, yes, for some people it may seem short, but for some people it may seem long. And especially for you going through it, I would imagine it seemed long. Like it's such a lifestyle change there. And even though you're Mm -hmm. ready to do it, it's a change and change brings like different, different um, emotions with it. So Um, And I had the other end of it that I had everyone watching me. So at least you guys listening who are going through this, you can kind of do it on your own in secret. And yes, maybe a few family members have noticed you've stopped back on running or you are, um, uh, you know, eating a bit more, but at least like I literally had like, you know, People Magazine doing updates and they did one that was like, runner Tina Muir is still not pregnant like after uh, six weeks or something and so you know at least that's what I had as kind of the disadvantage um of kind of it being so fast yeah yeah (laughs) I can imagine that was very difficult and like very like whoa I'm in the spotlight so much in the spotlight about something that's actually very personal as well yeah yeah yeah, I can imagine that was difficult thank you for sharing Um, And then our other reader question was, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but 
Um, how did you mentally deal with not exercising and eating more? It sounds like, you know, that you were ready for that all in, that you were ready to go for it. But I imagine maybe there were other feelings along those lines too. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me that I've noticed sets me apart from most people going through this and take that in comfort that I say this 99% of people that reach out to me, um, had, have really, really struggled with this, um, this stage. And so you're not alone with that. I just am a bit of an anomaly again. I was, I was so burned out. I was so ready and I was making this choice, which, um, empowered me. Um, the fact that I was saying I'm doing this, not an injury taking me out, not overtraining, taking me out. Um, it was me choosing it that gave me some strength, but, um, I think the way that I'm different is that I didn't really miss running. Um, I needed that time off. Um, and so where, and I'd had 14 years of pretty much straight training. So I kind of felt like I deserved a break. Whereas most women that I've kind of come across in this situation haven't been running as long as I have or not like straight anyway, and not at the same intensity that I have. So you don't have that same kind of, um, kind of build up of, um, frustration with it that I had. So, um, I did handle it pretty mentally well. The part I didn't handle so well was, uh, because of all the training I'd done, I really had these very defined legs. I had, um, a lot of, um, definition in my muscles and to see that kind of disappearing, um, before my eyes, that was quite difficult to, um, to see kind of knowing that, um, you know, we have a fear when we get injured or when we, um, have, have a break, we have this fear of losing fitness. Mm -hmm. And there I was kind of willingly say, saying goodbye fitness. Cause I could see those muscles fading away. I knew that if I ever was going to come back, I was going to have a long road ahead of me. Um, and so that was the hardest part for me, kind of seeing that muscle wasting away and thinking, you know, all those years I trained mm -hmm. to get those muscles to be that strong. And now I'm letting them kind of atrophy. Um, so that was tough. And then the eating part, you know, it was tough at times. Um, again, I want to I want to um, give a lot to the book No Period Now um, by Nicola Rinaldi. Um, that was huge for me. Anytime I would kind of get to the point where I was thinking, I, I don't know if I could keep reading this, uh, keep eating like this. I would read the kind of testimonials of other women. And that was what prompted me to write my book to kind of, I wanted to be that like sister best friend of being like, I know this sucks. I know this is hard, but you can do this. Like, I know you can do this. And so um, having some, either someone or even like I said, in my case, the book um, was a really big thing for getting me through that and reminding me of why I was doing this. And the other thing to, that I found really helpful was, um, just promise yourself a month. That's what I started with. One of my friends, um, when I was deciding whether to do this, she said, I said to her, look, I'm really having a hard time. Like, this is it. This is a life-changing decision. I'm, if I do this, I'm done. And she was like, no, you know, you could always do a month of time off, a month of eating, and then say, you know what, I'm, I, this isn't what I want. I'm not ready to do this. And then you could start again. And yes, a month you would lose a decent amount, but not too much. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, but uh, most people by that point are going to say, I've come too damn far to, to back down now. So if you can, if you can promise yourself a month or, or two weeks, I wouldn't say any less than that, but promise yourself two weeks mm -hmm. 
you're probably going to bring that fighter spirit within yourself and say, you know what, I've done this far. So it is mentally tough, but um, I promise you to anyone and everyone going through this, you are going to like yourself so much more when you come out the other side of this. I know you think that the, the, the way your body was chiseled in that photo a few years ago or um, the way your body looked for this is going to change or people are going to notice and they're not going to love you as much, but they're going to love you more because they're going to get to see the real you again, not the you that is kind of always distracted thinking about food. They're going to get to spend more time with you, which they love. And, um, and you are just going to get to discover the real you as again as well. You're going to find that identity part of you, find what other things you love. So I know it's hard going in it, but it's kind of, almost like a race you're in the middle of that struggle but you know when you get to the other end and I promise you when you get to the other end if you fight this um you you know the amount of emails I've seen you know I maybe I should someday like take little snippets of them and share them um just not like anonymously so that people can see like it really is so empowering um for everything about who you are when you get to the other side yeah I can totally echo that because I'm kind of going through that journey now and I remember mm-hmm. the same thing of like watching the muscles that I had had like atrophied and be like I worked so hard for this you know but yeah. now it's actually almost a year out and I really haven't done much running or anything along those lines and while I'm still working on getting my period back it's just like I don't know I feel way like you said happier like I'm able to engage more like I feel more like myself it's it's kind of one of those instances where you're like wow wow, wow, this is actually really who I am. Like what was running, was running covering that up or was other things covering that up? So yes, I can also be a testament to that. Um, but I think your idea of, you know, the emails that you're getting and sharing them anonymously, I automatically thought of like a little like, like workbook or like planner or something along those lines that people can keep on their desk or eat, you know, if they choose to have it with them while they're eating so they can continue to be like, oh yeah, okay, this is what I'm working towards. I remember my goals and such like that. But I like your, um, your thought of also doing like starting off with two weeks, because I honestly think that first week is the hardest of like, okay, what do I do with my time now? Like, am I really doing Mm -hmm. this right? There's all these questions going on in your head. But like, once you get to two weeks, you're like, okay, this actually isn't as bad as I thought. Most of the time you realize that, well, I'm not going to put that on people, but I realized that I needed um, a break from running. So I was like, oh, okay, this is actually kind of nice. Like I like to lay in the morning and stuff like that. So yes, I echo that. And um, I also would hope that those who are listening can take Tina's words to heart because they are really so, so true. Um, So thank you again for sharing your experience and and the resources that you did. I think that they will be very beneficial to a lot of our listeners. Um, Yeah. Thank you. I just want to add that you, um, you know, uh, that, and you mentioned that first week, I always encourage people like straight away. Well, firstly to journal because then you can write out all those little like nasty things that you're hearing in your head mm-hmm. you can get them out on paper get them out of your head so they can stop festering and actually just be on paper mm-hmm. and it's an interesting journey to read later to see kind of how your mind shifts mm-hmm. throughout this process but also to write what I call a joy list um, and I do have on my website um, a uh, big list of like, hundred and something uh, suggestions for you uh, it's a pdf download um but to write down things that you either have always wanted to do or mm-hmm. used to do but couldn't like 
like you said, sleeping in on like being able to, to relax or some people, it could be going to church on a Sunday or, um, for me, it was, I went to a trampolining class or, um, horseback riding or, you know, start making a list of things that sound really fun that you've always wanted to do, but maybe you've been scared ice skating or something, things that you've thought would be fun, but you've been too scared to do, or, um, you know, uh, going out for a certain, you know, there's a, uh, I don't know, a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich that always sounded good. Something start going through a list of things other than that, um, meeting friends, spending time with friends, um, so that it keeps you occupied during that time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a, a great thing to do to keep our minds occupied, to keep ourselves occupied and also recognizing too, in that first week, reaching out for help is probably a really good option as well. Like reaching out to, it doesn't have to be like a therapist or it can be, but it doesn't have to be. It could be like a friend or someone, you know, who's gone mm-hmm. through this or like, even like your idols you see on Instagram, usually they're really Yeah, yeah, reach out to me, reach out to, you know, Cara, if Cara is someone that speaks to you or whoever, yeah, whoever kind of, I don't know, has been through it or looks up, you look up to in a different way, then mm-hmm. reach out to them mm-hmm. or you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. We, we aren't quite experts, but we can do the best we can here at Strong Runner Chicks. So, um, so since you, um, since this time, since overcoming amenorrhea, you got pregnant within 10 weeks, like you said, and now you're pregnant again. Congratulations. I know it's been like a little bit since you um, <laughs> announced. You. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. So how has life and even running shifted since you've gotten period or since you've gotten period, since you've gotten pregnant? And um, how are you feeling now um, compared to your last pregnancy? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, you know, you, you, you said since I've gotten my period um, and that kind of has been a, that was a bit of a, a, a uh, nerve wracking thing as well. You know, after having Bailey, uh, in the middle, I was like, uh, I, I'd stopped breastfeeding and I, I think it was about two months later and I was like, I still haven't got my period back. And I was like, mm. Oh God, I hope I'm not a fraud. Like, mm. what if it's gone again? What if, what if I can't have them? Because remember at this point I hadn't had a period. I just yeah. got pregnant. Right. Um, what if I've been, you know, I've been telling all these people to do this thing and I can't do it myself. So I went through a bit of a like scared yeah. kind of every day being like, please come now, please come now, please come mm-hmm. now. Um, but then when I did get it back and it came back and it was healthy and, um, it was like a perfect, like 30 days apart. I was like, okay, you know, this really has shifted. And, and, um, and yeah, so that was a huge kind of confidence boost for me. And I quite enjoyed having a period for a few months, um, in between, but in between trying so that I could actually like, feel like, you know, a real woman again, even though (laughs) there's obviously, we know that you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. It just kind of feels that way. So, um, that in itself was, was kind of a special thing. So even though you stumbled to say that word, like that kind of was a very important time for me as well, um, in the middle there. Uh, but yes, uh, pregnancies have been, uh, pretty different actually, which makes me wonder if it's a boy. We're not going to find out this time, but um, they have been quite different. Uh, I was very sick the first time around. Um, I did end up in the hospital yeah. at one point um, and I was just throwing up constantly. Uh, thankfully only to the 12 week mark, but um, it was it was rough. Um, uh, but then after that, I I don't know if I've just got rose colored glasses, but um, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty good. And um, I, uh, 
I gave birth, Bailey was, uh, I was 36 weeks, five days. So she was early. So I thankfully also didn't have that end few weeks where people were like, I just want this baby out of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I kind of, I feel like I kind of had her a nice time. Yeah. Um, but this time around, um, it's been different. I definitely wasn't as sick. I only threw up once. Um, I did take the medication they gave me last time, mm-hmm. uh, about 10 times in the okay. pregnancy. So um, I took it a few days. I felt really bad um, just because I didn't want to spiral down that path I had last time. Um, But I overall didn't feel as bad. However, I kind of learned a lot about myself and a lot of the people listening. If you are trying to get pregnant or when you do try to get pregnant, um, it's very easy to think, well, I'm a runner. I've, I've, you know, pushed myself Mm -hmm. through this. I've been through that. This isn't as bad. Um, and for me, it was not throwing up. I was like, well, you know, I'm not throwing up so I can just get on with life as usual. Um, and I tried, I really tried. Um, I forced my body to do things, even though I felt, I felt exhausted and I felt, um, I did feel nauseous. Mm. Um, but then (laughs) a few weeks later, uh, my body was like, nope. And it just shut me down. Um, and for about three weeks, I barely left the couch. Mm-hmm. I felt like I laid on the couch uh, like a zombie and um, just watched my daughter and, and then slept. Uh, by 7 p.m. every night, I was just out. Uh, my husband would be like, uh, just go to bed. And I'd be like, no, no, I'll stay up with you. And he's like, just go to bed. Um, but so, yeah, um, I think I learned a lot that... Um, just because I think we can learn it a lot with everything, just because you're not physically showing signs um, that you've known in the past or just because you um, feel like you shouldn't feel as bad because you've been through worse. Um, if your body is telling you, okay, you need to rest, even if it's just that little voice or that little thing, uh, listen to it because otherwise your body is smarter than you and it will shut you down. Um, so I learned that and I'm still kind of learning that a little bit. I still spend most of my daughter's nap times just um, on the couch watching TV because I, if I don't, then I find I just kind of burn out midway through the afternoon. So it's been interesting. Um, especially in a year that my business is growing things that, you know, I can want to continue to add things to my schedule to, to help people and to grow. And my thing, uh, my word for this year is giving. So I want to keep giving, but, um, I've had to also kind of give back to my body. So yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing. Um, I hate to say this, but we, we don't have much time left on our platform here, um, listeners. We don't have as much time to record. So with that being said, we have about four minutes left. Do you think in those mm-hmm. four minutes, you might be able to tell us what um, being a strong runner chick means to you? Yes, and I'm sorry if I rambled on too much. No, I, I love I it. it. <laughs> I know it's great. It's been such a good podcast. It really has been. Oh, thank you. Um, what does being a strong runner chick mean to me? I mean, I think. A lot of it, what I've learned is about the, the, the unspoken part. I mean, we see strong runner chick, people think of it as what we said, what we said, that muscle that you see, the, 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 the definition in your body, um, the kind of physical things. But actually, I think what being a strong runner chick means is uh, you can take the chick part, which is that we are women and women are, you know, strong and um, uh, powerful in their own way in that we have our opinions and we have our um, things that we believe in and we will stand up for ourselves and we are more and more starting to stand up for ourselves. So the women part is, um, you know, just being empowered and believing in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the the strong runner to me is is 
taking every part of you into consideration. Yes, that means your physical body, um, taking in enough calories for sure, um, you know, doing the training, doing the work, working hard, but also taking in the other parts, saying that you need to look after your mind, you need to give your body time to rest, you need to be smart enough to uh, listen to, to it and listen to your mind if your mind is telling you, you know, I, I, I just don't feel right, listen to it. So I think Strong Rana Chick embodies everything about that, um, that all parts of you are strong because mm-hmm. they are. Yeah, great. Thank you. And I love what you said about the unspoken part, the unseen part. It's so, because we're all strong in in our own unique ways, I think. So Mm -hmm. um, I appreciate you saying that and pointing that out because I know in our community, we have a lot of wonderful strong runner chicks who are strong in their own ways. So Tina, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us. It's been a joy and I'm so happy. You've been such a supporter of SRC from, I think like our inception, to be honest. So I'm (laughs) so honest. I'm so honestly grateful to have you on the podcast and here with us. Thank you so much for being here. Um, any last shout outs you'd like to give? Um, I mean, just to your community. I mean, I think it's wonderful that everyone is kind of coming together and seeing this strength that we have as women. And it's a very exciting time to be a woman. There's so much change coming along. Um, and there's so much that we still have left to do. So be proud to be a woman and, and, and uh, stand up for what you believe in, uh, whatever that thing may be stand up for it even if it gets a few kind of things it's if it's important to you stick with it awesome great thank you so much tina great words and um all right strong runner chicks thanks so much for tuning in and we hope to see you soon all right bye thanks for listening to the strong runner chicks radio do us a favor and leave a review in itunes to help spread awareness and foster the src community Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.